Hello and welcome to the Mountain Conversations podcast, the show that celebrates the beautiful planet we call home. Each episode, alongside an expert who is passionate about their subject, we will take you on a journey to get you excited about the topic. This is a show about hope and positivity, and it's my hope that by learning something new each episode about the work of amazing people who dedicate their lives to making a difference, you will be inspired to take action and get involved in the efforts to preserve our beautiful home, planet Earth. I'm Charlie, and this is Mountain Conversations. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Mountain Conversations podcast. Today I'm really excited to be talking to Jane Lee McCracken. Now Jane is an artist who constructs intricate multi-layered biro drawings. She also makes sculptures, installations and designs products. Her art practice explores loss to both humans and animals generated by human destruction and is representational of life's beauty and brutal reality. She is also the founder and CEO of Drawing for the Planet, which is a global art, environmental education and conservation charity. Over the last decade, through her art, she has raised funds for conservation organisations and delivered drawing and environmental education workshops to thousands of people across the world. Founded in 2019, her Where Did All the Animals Go project in partnership with the Born Free Foundation continues as Drawing for the Planet's flagship project. With her exhibition of 600 children's wildlife drawings on permanent display at the Great North Museum in Newcastle upon Tyne. Hi, Jane. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Charlie. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I've followed your work for a while now, but could you possibly explain to the listeners what exactly it is that you do with this drawing for a planet? Well, I've just recently founded uh, Drawing for the Planet. Um, It's an art, um, environmental education and conservation charity. So basically, um, the the concept is to give um, children, communities and wildlife a voice through art, exhibition and conservation um, and uh, environmental education as well so I deliver workshops um, to people of all ages and give them the opportunity to draw um, wildlife vulnerable species Um, and obviously one of the main concepts is uh, to provide exhibitions where children can actually see their drawings in an exhibition and learn more about uh, vulnerable wildlife. Which so, is something, you know, my, I've got kids and I've got paper pictures all over the walls, all over the car, everywhere. So I, I really, I love that. How, what was your sort of journey? Did you start as an artist or did you start as a conservationist? Or? Um, yeah, so I started as a, an artist. I'm a professional artist. So um, I've always, I've always loved animals and I've always drawn. So just from a, a wee girl, um, it's just always been part of my life, both, both these things. And uh, yeah, part of my art practice, I'm as you said, I'm I'm interested in loss uh, generated by human destruction, um, and I think um, possibly because I was born 23 years after the Second World War, there was a lot of uh, chat there about you know about the war. It was still being discussed, and um, 
Yeah, so um, I could never really get my head around, and I still can't, um, you, human destructiveness of, of nature and our own species. So that plays quite a big role in my, my artwork. It's what I explore through my art, both uh, destruction to humans and animals. Um, and a lot of my work um, explores endangered species. So I've done a lot of drawings about tigers and artwork about tigers, for example. And again, that's one of uh, the reasons where my journey started. I remember when I was eight years old reading in a wildlife magazine that the Caspian tiger had been declared extinct. And I was sitting in my bedroom in Edinburgh and I, I can remember the tears just rolling down my cheeks. I just couldn't believe that, well, I suppose adults, as I saw it, has allowed this beautiful um, creature to to uh, become extinct. So that kind of kick-started, you know, I guess, an interest in conservation and and doing what I could um, for endangered species. So I carried that on into um, my adulthood because I made myself a promise, that, uh, you know, when I read that, that I would do what I could for, for wildlife. So, yes, my a lot of my artwork highlights um, endangered species. And I kind of think that I couldn't make my art without these these animals or the people that you know whose cultures I explore. So you know it, it's about giving back to them as well and doing what little you can to to help and raise awareness. So yeah, that's that's kind of where my journey came to. So um, I had an exhibition um, um, in 2012, I think it was, and I was invited to do some workshops. And from there, I started to, to devise um, a project. At that time, it was called um, Drawing for Endangered Species, where I went to schools and I chatted about um, uh, endangered wildlife, why wildlife was endangered, um, and then gave the kids the opportunity to uh, make drawings of endangered species. And what I find is that children love drawing and they love animals. So it's a win-win. Um, and if you can get a good balance between encouraging um, children to understand the facts um, and understand why wildlife is important and get them enthused through drawing, um, you tend to find that afterwards they're really receptive to wanting to find out more about wildlife and um, how to conserve it. And, and that's really the basis of the workshops is to give children the opportunity to make art um, which is also waning in our schools as well in the UK. So that's, you know, it's becoming a bit endangered as well. Um, uh, but also, um, you know, just to understand about wildlife and hopefully carry that on into their adulthood and soothe them. And yeah, it, it seems to work they, that, you know, I get a lot of children saying, Oh, I've, I've adopted a, tiger or you know I, I, I've watched wildlife programs now I love animals so yes yeah, so that so that was the idea of um, starting those workshops um, and then I wrote to Barn Free and said would you like to partner with this and I'll 
donate part of my fee for the workshops to Born Free. So they came on board in 2014 and it's just really sort of progressed since there. So yeah, it's um, been been a long journey, but got there in the end. Well, no, it sounds it sounds absolutely incredible. I mean, as someone who has artist envy, I I would love to be able to to draw some things that my five year old comes out with. I, I I probably couldn't produce, um, but I think it's the it's an incredible way of real hands on engagement. And I think with with kids especially, you can talk at them all you like, but if you can actually get them hands on doing something and sort of really full-on engaging with a, with a subject and what better way than being creative and allowing them to show their expression through through art yeah absolutely and going back to what you did uh, you said about your own um artistic skills that is one of my mantras is that everyone can draw and it's very true the amount of people that I've worked with um who say they can't draw and then by the end of the workshop they you know they prove that they can draw everyone's got their own unique drawing style and you know it also drawing is so therapeutic I find that it, it really helps children build their confidence as well so there's that side of it as well it's a you know it's a quite a broad encompassing um workshop for you know all sorts of um different different facets in life so yes give it a go Charlie <laughs> make a drawing from my gallery alongside your your children maybe I need to do a workshop no I know that from my again my five-year-old who is super passionate about nature he has a little um a tiny little notebook that he takes everywhere with him and he obviously he's only just learning to write but he likes storytelling he loves he loves writing his own well you know making up his own stories and he does it through drawing so he'll draw he'll talk you through as he's drawing he'll talk you through what his story is and it's amazing to see sort of his imagination coming alive on the page so I can really see how this is such an incredible idea for engaging children um and obviously empowering the next generation is how you know how we're going to keep making change as we go forward um you say you work with um children obviously is this schools in the UK only or no um uh, well basically the the exhibition that you mentioned um uh, uh that is in the uh, Great North Museum in Newcastle so I worked with um, children in um, California, um, Guyana, Kenya and Malaysia um, and because of Covid I, I had intended to go out to these countries and work with the children but obviously Covid came along and that wasn't possible yep. so um, with the beauty of Zoom now <laughs> um, I was able to deliver workshops virtually and also um, work with teams that are built up in these countries um, to uh, deliver my workshops for me. So I made videos and and um, uh, the, the Born Free Kenya team, for example, they um, went out to the schools and delivered my workshops and the drawings are beautiful. They're incredible. The same in Guyana as well, the Guyana team. So yeah, I've worked with, with kids uh, you know, from across the, the world and adults as well. There's, you know, as I say, everyone can draw. So <laughs> So it's uh, it's it's part of engaging everyone, you know, the the the, the aim of um, the charity. So get people enthused about wildlife. Absolutely. So when you when you say you've worked with children in sort of California and Kenya, do you have is it a different workshop for each sort of for wherever they are, or is it sort of does it follow the same pattern? 
Yeah, it, it follows the same pattern, basically. Um, and, you know, I start every workshop with a presentation about um, why um, wildlife is important, um, because I think a lot of people don't really understand why humans need wildlife. We can't survive without wildlife. So, you know, I, I start with a presentation about that and also why um, art um, can help wildlife, because it's such a powerful form of expression. Um, and then um, we chat about my drawing uh, methods and I give uh, drawing tips and then um, set the set everyone free to make their drawings and um, I, I believe um, that people should be allowed to express themselves and that's what I encourage and I encourage people to embrace their own um, artistic uh, style which we all have all, all our um, <laughs> styles are unique so um, it's like a fin- fingerprint um, so yeah that's that's the the uh, the format that workshops take um in malaysia um the malaysian team translated um my workshop for the kids there so i I sat in they've just actually completed their workshops because unfortunately covid um took over and they weren't able to to um see the kids so they had to do them virtually but they've made their art for the exhibition which I'm hoping to install in February but yeah I sat in on their first um workshop and they translated you know what I what I asked them to and and uh, delivered the workshop that way so it was really really amazing but hopefully the next exhibition in the future um I, I plan to actually hopefully visit a lot of these countries and um, personally and yeah. deliver the workshops personally so that'll yeah. be that'll be really um that'll be amazing to actually go and do sort of put your passion on into it um when you're when the the children from these different countries are are focusing on the animals how do you decide what animals they're going to focus on is it sort of what's local to their sort of community yeah I mean what's what's yeah what's the process (laughs) well the the idea is that we celebrate our own local wildlife um each each country uh or or region celebrates um their own local wildlife so that we can see the array of beautiful wildlife across the world in one exhibition um but also it, it helps the kids um become more familiar with the wildlife that they're surrounded by um so yeah um obviously in Kenya the the children drew uh, Kenyan wildlife which was just amazing to see and so before each workshop myself and Charlie Baker from Born Free um, worked out the species that um I wanted the children to draw and this was obviously based on um, vulnerable species, species that are exciting to draw um, as well and, and that I feel that would make exciting drawings or get the children enthused and excited about wildlife. So it's a very long process of um, creating the workshops, uh, trawling through you know loads of information and it, uh, it's actually quite harrowing as well I find because there's just so many 
species that are vulnerable. I mean, it's, it's just devastating going through the information. Um, so, you know, that's that's something that, you know, you can tell the children that, that this is just the tip of the iceberg, you know, that with the with um, the vulnerable species that you're drawing, there's lots more out there. So, yeah, so it, there's a lot of preparation goes into each workshop. Yeah, well, I think I think one thing that I know people that I that are around me forget is that how many species we have in our own country in our own gardens and how many of them are in decline. Um, so I love that um, you're celebrating not just these amazing sort of flagship species from abroad, but you're also sort of encompassing what's on our own doorstep as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so important um to start um in you know your own locality and and celebrate we were talking before we started recording about wasps and Mm -hmm. you know so part of the workshops there's always insects or frogs or you know what some people would think are maybe not such attractive looking animals like I don't know the California condor which I think is beautiful not Mm. everyone agrees but um (laughs) it's about breaking that down and 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 you know showing children adults that these creatures are beautiful in in their own way and they live their life according to their needs just like we do as humans and you know just really sort of celebrating that and getting the children or adults to when they're making their drawing to look into the eyes of the subject that they're drawing and imagine what that animal's eyes have seen or you know the the way they live their life um and making that connection making emotional connections with wildlife is how we are going to manage to conserve it and you know um save it for future generations if we care we want to conserve well, I think that's, um, again, something else that people forget is that we are part of nature. We're not separate from nature. We are animals. This is something that, you know, I'm sure is going to come up time and time again across this podcast is that we are animals. We are part of nature. We can't survive without it. Yes. And no, absolutely. I, I'm, I, I, at present, I'm actually making some art um about tigers it's the year of the tiger so I've been doing a lot of research um you know about tigers and um obviously the uh, people in um the far east of Russia the indigenous people they they celebrated tigers and lived with them coexisted with them for you know thousands of years and then just recently in the last you know 100 years that that's just completely broken down so you know it's about getting that harmony with nature back again and being able to coexist and enjoy living with each other and respecting one another so yeah as as these people respect tigers tigers respected them as well so yeah it's a fascinating absolutely and obviously bringing it back to sort of our connection with nature I know that you work quite closely with one of the uh, one of our good friends at Mountain Conversations um at Liberia Chimpanzee Rescue and Protection um now Jim, Jimmy and De- Jimmy Jim, ugh, Jimmy and Jenny Desmond are I absolutely love their work I think they're so inspirational um can you tell us a little bit about your connection with them and what work you've been doing with them yeah, they are just amazing. I am I am in awe of people that work in the front line of of wildlife conservation. I I think I think I would just go to pieces. I I, I would find it incredibly hard. So I really am in awe, <laughs> and uh, they just do such a remarkable job. So 
Um, in 2020, I was invited by Baltic uh, Centre for Contemporary Art in Newcastle to uh, make a new artwork working with some children uh, from local Gateshead schools. Um, and it was to be inspired by uh, Baltic's um, exhibition at the time, which was called Animal-esque. And there were a couple of pieces in there about chimpanzees and one in particular by Marcus Coates uh, listed um, all the uh, traits and uh, that we share, humans share with uh, chimpanzees and bonobos um, because we share 99% of our DNA. So that really interested me. And um, I looked and I bought, the same time, um, I think it was uh, Baby Chimp Rescue was on the, the TV. So um, I was really inspired by what Jenny and Jimmy were doing. And um, I used uh, some of their chimps as in inspiration for the kids to draw and created this mural. So um, the plan is that this mural that I created in 2020 um, is going to be replicated in um, Liberia Chimpanzee Rescue and Protection Sanctuary. But not only that, this year, um, I'm hoping to create a new mural uh, working with uh uh, Jenny and Born Free, um, where I'll be running some workshops with Liberian children, and they will be creating um, drawings of um, Liberia orphan chimps and creating a new mural in Liberia. That's that's the um, plan. So we're working towards that. Um, hopefully, um, in that will take place in the next couple of uh, few months. So, and Born Free will be um, providing the educational resources for that um, as well. So I'm really, really excited to to work with Jenny again and uh, and Born Free on this project. And I guess that's that's one of the things that that. Um, uh, drawing for the planet is about not only doing the major exhibitions but working on um satellite projects um uh, highlighting awareness for um particular species keystone species like chimpanzees and also raising funds for the partners that that we work with like liberia chimpanzee rescue so so it, it's sort of multifaceted um um, I'm really excited to see the drawings that the children create um, in this next project. So super excited. <laughs> oh, no, that, that sounds absolutely amazing. As I said, I'm completely inspired by um, what Jenny and Jimmy are doing. And as I, I told you but, um, in our previous conversation, sort of Baby Chimp Rescue was how I got to be where I am because watching it inspired me to take action and, you know, a lifelong yeah. interest in nature and wildlife. It was suddenly yeah. that was the spark that made me go, oh, yeah. So so that's that's that's, cool. that's why we're all here. So, <laughs> so, so thank, thank you, Jenny. Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, I just I'm quite interested to know when you're doing these um, workshops with children and when you're doing them with adults, are there any are there any major differences between sort of the adults sort of reception to it and the children's reception to it? Um, I say actually adults in some ways are, are more scared, I suppose, of putting pen to paper. And obviously, as I said um, to you earlier, 
there are a lot of adults who'll say, oh, I can't draw, or yeah. but the children do as well. Um, and it's just, you know, one of the main things that I tell everyone at the workshop. And, you know, to me, children are adults, we're all humans, and I, I just treat everyone the same. So, um, you know, I always say that um, what I do before I start my own drawings as I say to myself I can do this and believing in yourself is is half the battle you can draw everyone can draw um but yeah no I think I I think um we all have our 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 concerns and worries so I think both children and adults are the same but perhaps children are more receptive to um talking about uh wildlife they're more more enthused mate perhaps about about wildlife so yeah that's that would be maybe one of the differences yeah I was gonna I was gonna say is the sort of are the adults as receptive to the the information about sort of our own destruction of the planet (laughs) because I find that you know just, just in my own experience talking to people I find that adults seem very resistant to accept Mm. the the reality of what we're doing and I think it's I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode I think a lot of it is if we if we put the blinkers on we don't have to think about what we've done we don't have to make changes in our lives but if we accept it and we 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 become more open to it then I think the fear of the guilt creeps in and the fear of having to make these huge changes in our lives but that's not the reality the reality is we need to make small changes collectively yeah exactly exactly I I think um yeah I do find that the adults are receptive I I guess they, they come to the workshops because they do want to draw wildlife and they're obviously interested in in wildlife and and art and when we do discuss um what's happening yeah you get a lot of people interested and talking about it and going away and coming back and you know thinking about it and discussing it further so yeah I think I think it's I think it's the way that you deliver things as well you've got to give people hope um if it's all if it's all you know doom and gloom and uh, it's it's hard not to 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 feel um distressed by by what we've done but we have to have hope without hope where would we be and it's about encouraging hope and i think um i think so many people do love wildlife and they do want to help but they don't know what to do um and really you've kind of got to find out yourself yeah which it shouldn't really be that way we should all know and I believe that it's every child's right to be taught why wildlife is important to us why we need to preserve it why we need to look after nature um if we all knew this right from the beginning perhaps we wouldn't have you know gone as far as we have but providing hope is just so important um, and celebrating enjoying wildlife if we become swamped as you say we put the blinkers on and we turn away and we stick our heads in the sand and do nothing um, so celebrating enjoying um, and realizing how precious what we've got is um, I think is key as well absolutely and I think as going back to your work with um, Liberia chimps, um, this is something I've spoken um, to Jenny about too, is that creating that bond between humans and other animals, you know, is really important and showing 
showing the similarities and showing that we're not all that different. I mean, I know that um, Jenny's Jenny said before, she won't mind me saying, because we're publishing it in an article for um, soon for Mountain Conversations, you know, she's had Liberian people come into the sanctuary and they've gone, oh, oh, that, that baby chimp's acting just like my four-year-old. And, and that's exactly it. We're not that far removed. And I noticed in, um, uh, in your sort of the text on your website about your project with Liberian chimps that the children were also shown this about similarities and drawing sort of similarities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, for for that particular um, mural, the workshop, I, you know, I I selected. Um, chimpanzees doing all sorts of different things laughing smiling fighting you know all the things that we humans do to to make that connection because obviously they couldn't meet the chimps firsthand but to make that connection with uh the fact that we all do the same things and I just I think they really they only had 45 minutes to make their drawings and I just absolutely adore the drawings that they made because I think they capture the personality of the chimpanzees, uh, what they're doing. Um, you know, some of them are sleeping and they're, they're just beautiful. And I think, um, you know, again, that's um, something else that is so so much part of uh, drawing for the planet, where did all the animals go, is, you know, showing people, uh, breaking down the barriers and people engage with uh, children's art. They they just love it. Uh, it brings smiles to people's faces because, you know, generally most people love children and it just makes them feel happy and I think that's a that's a really good way of moving people to to um, become more interested in wildlife and passionate about it through the beauty of child art but yeah exactly um, you know we're not so far removed from from uh, chimpanzees and other animals. No, and that's uh, that's something again. People forget. You know, we're not that. You know, we're only a couple of um, a couple of million years removed from chimpanzees and bonobos. And you know, if you think that sounds like a long time, but if you think about the entire history of our planet and our evolution, that's just that's just a small, a tiny, tiny amount of time. And that's nothing yeah. really. And people oh. people forget that, and they put us into two separate categories. And it's it's an us and them situation when it's not. It's oh. we're all here. We're all going to suffer if we keep acting the way we do. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Well, us more than wildlife. Yes, really. Um, yeah, well, they don't need us. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, I'd like to ask you sort of how how people can become involved in in sort of in your charity to start with yeah so there's a couple of things um so for free um you can make um a drawing of your favorite uh wild animal um in viral ballpoint pen if if you want um that's what i generally say because it's the medium that i use but if you don't have that to hand use anything (laughs) um and uh email me the drawing and i will put it in our online gallery so which is filled with hundreds of drawings now from uh people of all ages um across the world so you can you can do that anytime um i hope you're going to make a drawing charlie and your kids as well (laughs) see Um, if you can tell who's which is mine and which is my (laughs) five-year-olds 
<laughs> no, I'm, I know that you can draw. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to prove to you <laughs> that you can draw. So yeah, um, you can, you can make a drawing for our online gallery. I mean, what would, what would be really helpful is we have, um, a membership plan, which you, which people can join for, as little as, um, you know, a cup of price of a cup of coffee, um, per month. And uh, basically we use, um, the funds for that, um, to provide arts equipment and educational resources for the schools we work with and also to donate, um, uh, fund, some of the funds to frontline organizations like Liberia Chimpanzee Rescue. So it, uh, you know, it really can make a difference in helping get those kids, um, to, to make art. Some of the kids that, um, worked with in Guyana had never had an art class before. They didn't know that, um, the wildlife around them was, uh, vulnerable um so you know it, it it's really important to give kids everywhere the opportunity to to make art and um, learn about their local wildlife absolutely and I think art although as much as I protest art is something that has been so deeply ingrained in in us for sort of millennia yeah. you know obviously I've come from an archaeology background and studying the ancient rock art from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago you can you can still you can relate to it I remember I did a um a workshop as part of my degree um where we were recreating these um plaquettes from the from the I think it was from the Paleolithic and that we were we were drawing these horses and we were using these these sort of replicas as a you know as a template to draw from and you could just you could almost feel you could almost almost connect with our ancestors and you know that the way they'd drawn these horses was no different to the way I was drawing a horse in you know in 2020 whenever it was I just think that art this is why I was so excited um when I sort of learned about your your charity and your work because I think as again as much as I protest art is everywhere art is all around us it's in so many forms and it's something that everyone can can engage with whether or not you're the next you know the next Monet or the next Picasso it doesn't matter it's something that everyone can have a go at yeah absolutely I mean drawing is one of the oldest forms of communication it's at the core of uh, the charity um and you know it is just such an important way of communicating and you know if I manage to make someone one person you know the, an artist or a conservationist from the workshops and I would be absolutely delighted. And as you say, it doesn't matter um, if, if you don't become the next Picasso, it's a way of expressing yourself, a way of transporting your mind and, and uh, you know, a way of exploring the world around us as well through drawing, through your own hand. It's, a, it's incredible. Yeah, so I think through art, you can you can achieve so much. And I think, like you said, if just one person takes the message that they learn from your workshops and tells it to one other person and they tell it to another person, you know, we can start this sort of movement, this chain of events that's going to start having a wider, a wider impact and a wider outreach. So to, to sort of how I like to end um, is to ask you what people can do to make a difference. Well, I'd, the the main thing for me, and actually on on our website we do have um, a list of twelve things that you can do to help wildlife, which was compiled by myself 
and Born Free, um, those, those points by Will Travers and, and um, other people um, that I've worked with. But for me, the main thing is to start in your own backyard. Yeah. Just look after the wildlife, the, your local environment, even if you don't have a garden, um, you can get involved in groups that are, are doing, you know, urban gardening or, pl- you know, planting wildflower seeds or picking up litter or, you know, whatever. Just look after your own environment. If you do have a garden, plant pollinator friendly plants, um, make sure you don't use pesticides, encourage the birds, get in- excited about um, wildlife and one of the best tools I think that we've got is word word of mouth is talking to each other discussing things um, telling people what we've learned I always encourage the children in my workshops to show people the portrait that they've made of the animal and tell them why they made that drawing tell them why that that animal is vulnerable and in the hope that it gets other people enthused and perhaps um, those people will help conserve that animal or get interested in conserving that animal. So, yeah, it's very much word of mouth and look after your own backyard, your own local area and create little wildlife uh, reserves across the world by looking after your own area, I think. No, of course, absolutely. And I think I think people are scared because they think that, what they do in their own back garden won't have an impact, but the, we are so powerful together. You know, yeah. what if we all start just making these tiny changes and yeah. then we, the impact we can have can be so, so incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone across the world looking after their own little area. Um, it could be, you know, so powerful. It's so powerful. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I find good. gardens so exciting. I'm a terrible gardener. Um, which is, you know, I, I, I just, say, not? I, oh no, I really am. I say I've got a wild garden, but really it's just, you know, <laughs> but you know, I've got, I've had over the last couple of months, we've had ground nesting bees, which I didn't even know were a thing. Um, yeah. I discovered them because I was pull, I was sort of about to mow the lawn. Yeah. Um, and they all sort of appeared and I thought, oh, oh, well, we better leave them. And then I, I, uh, I took to Twitter to ask what they, what they could possibly be. Why are these bees in my lawn? Um, <laughs> and so obviously me and the kids learned about them. We don't, yeah. um, I don't, I don't know what, what's there in the evenings. I'd love to get, uh, one of these, you know, the cameras that I can set yeah. just to see, yeah. to see what's around. We, we, you know, there's bats that we can watch in the evenings, yeah. which is amazing. I've had a bat in my bedroom before because it flew in. Oh, the, wow. It flew in the window. <laughs> um, so that was, that was an exciting, uh, few minutes getting that out. Um, but yeah, no, there's so much, as I say, there's so much just in that tiny square outside my house. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Insects, birds, everything, you know, just by just by her looking out of the window, you can see so much biodiversity. And yeah. I think, yeah, it's about empowering people to get excited about that. Yes, absolutely. And if you are fortunate enough to have a garden, there's no better way, as you say, of becoming exciting than, you know, seeing the wildlife coming into your garden, the, the ground nesting bees, the 
we've we had dragonflies we we've just moved house and you know I planted a, a wildlife garden we put a pond and we had dragonflies last year and mayflies and oh my goodness you know it's it, it was incredible they just wildlife will come if you provide a habitat for it and it's just fascinating to sit and watch it and get transported um by nature so re- yeah. really yeah amazing <laughs> and I think just by sort of getting excited about what's what's on your own doorstep it will hopefully spark an interest and a passion to sort of learn more I know yeah. it just with me as soon as I identified my bird identification I'm useless I'm, I'm learning I have a big book but that's what I, I mean I moved to Wales um about eight months ago and I was seeing these little little sort of birds. I didn't have a clue what they were. And I uh, so I bought this book and obviously learning what one one new species to me was uh, then mm-hmm. sparked. A, oh, well, now I need to know what that one is. And I need to know what that one is. And now, you know, I never realized there were so many gull species. I thought they were just seagulls. But obviously, yeah. I, I quickly learned that they're not. <laughs> yeah, so yeah absolutely yeah it's yeah fascinating I've got a little robin that follows me around the garden I never heard them making this amazing little sound but he sings in a really low voice uh, just in the little tree next to me well he's obviously wanting me to put out his food for him (laughs) so sweet it's not like his normal call it's like a little gentle call and it's like he's talking to me and well he is obviously (laughs) communicating with me and telling me get get my food out (laughs) Yeah, he knows just, he knows that noise yeah. is gonna <laughs> yeah, exactly it's but gonna it's just amazing yeah, yeah. Incredible. well it's been absolutely amazing talking to you I'm so excited to sort of have a go at drawing and get my kids involved and I hope that uh this this conversation will inspire as we say even just one person to get involved use drawing to express themselves and start learning about what we can do for the planet Oh, thank you so much, Charlie. It's been so wonderful to talk to you and hear about what you do as well. And and uh, yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks, Jane. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really hope you've enjoyed it. And above all, I hope you've learnt the importance of embracing our creative ability and harnessing that power for good. Join me next time where I'll be talking to an expert guest who is going to try and persuade me and you, the listener, that a very well-known insect that strikes fear into the hearts of most of us is simply just misunderstood and misrepresented. The inspiring David Attenborough once said, The world is a wonderful place and there are wonderful things going on in it. So as you go about your business today, please take that with you and please explore the wonderful place that we live in. I'm Charlie and this has been Mountain Conversations.